Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. I think I'm live. I'm not 100% sure if I am or not. So give me a thumbs up in the in the chat. There's just something weird happening here on my system. But I think I'm live um, here on this, the day that the, um, the Champions League final is on. Just literally finished up there. And uh, I suppose I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say congratulations to Manchester City on winning the first Champions League final. Just like if Aston Villa or when Aston Villa win it again uh, in a few years' time, when Aston Villa win the Champions League, I would like every single um, English, British, uh, European football fan to want to wish us well as well. So I'm going to wish them well, but I'm also going to have a little bit of bit of conceit in the back of my mind over the fact of for obvious reasons as well. But look, um, all our fans are gonna are gonna celebrate tonight, and um, I know a good feeling that uh, um. You know, being being a fan of Limerick Carling for any Irish fans here, I know the good feeling that winning something for the first time, winning something for for the, for the first time in a long time, can uh, can give a fan base. So listen, you know, if I was to put myself in a Man City fan's shoes, I would be absolutely thrilled tonight, and I wouldn't care less about what was going on. But I'm an Aston Villa fan, and that's all in in the future for us because we're on the right road under Unai Emery, and we are um. We are here to talk about one of the reasons why I feel that we're on the right road under Unai Emery. And as everybody has seen, I'm sure already, uh, Aston Villa have signed Yuri Tielemans, or it looks like they're going to sign him. They've agreed a deal, four-year deal for Yuri Tielemans, broken by David Ornstein today, backed up by Fabrizio Romano and numerous other outlets at the moment. Aston Villa even bloody announced it uh, already. So I think it's fair enough to say that this one ain't going to be a situation where somebody's going to back out uh, like we've potentially had already this season. But Yuri Tielemans comes in, um, a free agent signing, 
Um, some really, really astute business from Aston Villa. Uh, and, and you know, there's, it harkens back to, there's kind of, how will I put it? There's, there's, there's kind of uh, echoes of the Bubakar Kamara situation. Uh, last season, you know, we sign him on, on a free transfer. It comes into our midfield, automatically brings something that we don't already have. And I think there's something similar with Yuri Tielemans as well here. And I'm going to mention, I'm going to bring up obviously my stat sheets in a moment and, and give you my, my opinion on him. I meant to do this last week and I'm kind of glad in a way I didn't do it last week. Um, because as I say, now we've got some fresh information and he's going to be an Aston Villa player and we can actually properly talk about where he is actually going to fit in as opposed to having some hypotheticals here. But as I say, um, Leicester being relegated seems to have expedited his uh, his leaving of Leicester and we've profited from this. We've gotten in there early, we've signed him and he's come into the club and uh, this is a very, very, very good first piece of business. Um, I want to bring you bring everybody back uh, 12 months because I'm going to talk a small bit before I go into my own opinion on him. Just going to talk a small bit about how social media, how the internet, how recency bias and something like that can be a good thing. It can also be an awful thing. It can also cloud everybody's judgment of a player as such. Um, when we were first linked to Uri Tielemans, there was a lot, a lot came out about him being slow, about him being, you know, one-paced, about him, you know, having a bad attitude, all this kind of stuff kind of, that you're kind of tending to see. Um, which you, from time to time, you see from a player when a player is leaving a club, specifically a club who's un, who have underperformed in that particular season previously. Uh, but Yuri Thielmans, um had some of that labelled at him. Didn't have the greatest year, just gone. Leicester didn't have the greatest year. They couldn't utilise an awful lot of their players. And hence, they were relegated from the Premier League as as well. So there was an awful lot of that. And the reason I don't want to talk about your recency biases, because sometimes um, I try to remove that. It's one of the things I try to remove from when I'm looking at a player, when I'm looking at some video footage of him from whatever, um, you know, looking at statistical uh, analysis. And, you know, whenever I bring up these stat sheets that I do, uh, they're over the last 365 days. So what that does is a lot of times it straddles two seasons or portions of two seasons. It straddles potentially if new managers came in, you can see uh, it, it gives a, a bigger sample set to see how they've played, not just under one manager, but under the, under another manager as well. And obviously, you know, the, the sheets that we show up, uh, they are over, over 365 day period, but you can break it down into portions. You know, you can get their individual match logs and stuff like that so you can see what's going on. But the biggest thing I think about Yuri Tielemans is, Yuri Tielemans is, he's somebody that Brendan Rodgers started to, like, I suppose he started to, I'm not going to say panic, but he started to try and stem the flow of, of goals being conceded. And, and to do that, he kind of, essentially had your humans retreat back into very much into that number six role um, where he is comfortable enough in playing and, and I don't think that's where he's going to play for Aston Villa I don't think he's going to be a number six for Aston Villa for, for a couple of reasons we'll get into in a moment um, and I could be wrong he could come in he could be a number six for Aston Villa but I just don't think that that's going to be the position for him but I think Rodgers kind of retreated him into that role and then for a finish kind of uh, faced him out of the team and in favour of Samari and in favour of Ndidi and in favour of Jewsbury Hall and just, I think, players that he wanted to get a better shield in front of that back four. And um, he was getting worried, I suppose, about the way that results were trending and, 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 and form was trending, I suppose, under his tenure, under his stewardship. And, and, and that's kind of where it went for Yuri Tielemans. 
whether he down tools or whatever during the course of the season, I don't know. But um, you know, fresh start for an awful lot of players can really kickstart them, especially when he's 20, only twenty six years of age, signing a four year contract, coming into a midfield that's that I have to say is it, it has blossomed over the course of the last season under Unai Emery's tenureship. Um, I, I would imagine he would have looked to see. I'm twenty six. This is going to be a big contract for me because I'm a free agent. And secondly, I need a team manager here. I need a manager who's going to come in or I'm going to be able to sit under, learn, um, and, and and it's going to utilize me in a specific way. And I would imagine all those conversations would have been had. Now, that that's kind of what I wanted to get at. And because 12 months ago, if you know, Arsenal were going and looking to sign this person for looking to sign Tielemans for, I think it was 45 million or something along those lines. They were looking to essentially pay Leicester what they signed him for. Um, we would have all been swinging from the rafters, I suppose, uh, Yuri Tielemans signing for Aston Villa 12 months ago. And I still am very, very much so in the bracket of this is a really good signing. He gives us something different that we don't have. And I'm going to delve into it in a moment uh, with regards to some of the traits that I that I think uh, Yuri Tielemans brings to this team that we don't have already that indicate to me that Unai Emery is going to have a slight shift in in the way he plays uh plays with this Aston Villa team not for like not to, not to say that anybody else anybody in this team is bad but there could be a little shift as in a horses for courses approach when he does go um to, to certain grounds when he plays certain teams when we get into certain situations and and obviously as you say um I, I've heard a couple of people saying Villa could play 60 games next season Villa could get knocked out in the for, in the in the qualifying round for the Europa Conference League you know so I'm not on the boat of he's come in here because we're playing 60 games next season Yes, we want to be playing 60 games next season, but this guy is coming in here predominantly to help us in the Premier League and within within domestic competitions because um, we can start worrying about whatever else we do in Europe for me um, once we we get into the European uh, stages. And I do absolutely 100% think that we will get in there. But as I say, counting chickens before they hatch is not something that I, I, I try to do willfully anyway. But let's take a look a little look at, at Tielemans. Before I do that, I... Um, want to just pop into a couple of your comments there as well uh, where are we so uh, first of all stevie b thanks very much for that really really appreciate it um bu- 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 boom. Uh, uh yeah gene taylor says i'm back in my villa boot i am i moved back into my house there two days ago so i am thrilled to bits with that um so i'm back in my boudoir thanks it's it, and it's it's absolutely fantastic to be back here again um you know where else are we? Where else are we? Yeah, there's a bit about Oxlade Chamberlain as well. He's he's not coming, as far as uh, Greg Evans said. So I'm not I'm not didn't give it too much thought anyway. Um, boom, boom, boom. Sorry. So I'm gonna get get onto some slides here, and we'll we'll pop these up. Um, I'm just a bit distracted because I can hear a baby crying inside indoors. So um, this may be a bit quite a bit of a shorter podcast than I envisaged. But Yuri Tielemans, as you say, a Leicester City player, formerly an Leicester City player, now an Aston Villa player. I had these done up for last week. But let's take a little look at where he fits in with this with this squad. I've re-added in Jacob Ramsey in here because I've given a full a full um, cross section of the midfield four that we had here, and I wanted to share where we where we where he kind of fits in with regards to that. And one of the big things that we can see here the see here straight away is that he brings something a small a bit different well maybe maybe it jumps off the uh, off the page to you guys he brings a small a bit, a bit of something different with regards to his progressive passing and this is the crux of it when aston villa have built up 
um, over the course of the last uh, Unai Emery, we caught the Unai Emery era so far. They've done so an awful lot with triangles. They've done so an awful lot with with short progressive runs. Um, you know, Douglas Louise progressing the ball forward, carrying it forward a slight distance, passing it out wide, bringing it back into the centre, creating uh, creating small pockets of space and utilising those. With Yuri Tielemans, what he brings is that ability to be able to play that ball forward quickly. Now, not in a long ball situation. You guys are probably after reading lots of scouting uh, scouting reports on him already. And you look at his statistics, his long passing ain't the best. His, his pass completion rate is only so-so as well. But in and around the intermediate stuff, he's very good. And he does look for that progressive pass as a first route uh, towards goal for him. So for me... As well, his passing rate here, I think over the last 365 days, we've got to remember that he was played uh, in a more withdrawn role in that number six, in a number six role almost. A lot of the balls he was trying to play were raking balls, maybe crossfield balls, maybe uh, diagonal balls and stuff like that. I think with this Aston Villa, with this Aston Villa side, I think he'll be uh, stationed maybe a, f- a bit further, f- further up the field. I think the narrow midfield will still be utilised. I wouldn't be too surprised to see Yuri Thielmans play that John McGinn role on the right-hand side of, of midfield and McGinn pushed forward into that number 10 role at times to play a diamond. Um, play a diamond with, obviously, a, a, a sitter in the middle or maybe two sitters at the back. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see that. Uh, but, you, know, you, you even look at his heat map there. It's very right-side dominant. And 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 that does bring into question, you know, we were linked with Gwendouzi. Does this knock the Gwendouzi transfer on the head? I think it probably does. Um, but what happens to John McGinn, considering he was right side dominant as well when we played um, or when, when this formation was played? We do know that Una Emery has wanted to push him forward a small a bit more. Um, and I think that Yuri Thielemans, while uh, central midfield and, and, and defensive midfielder have been his two positions over maybe the last year or two, Excuse me, year, two years, three years. You know, we have seen him strike some good, good, good strikes, some good goals. He's good shooting for from long range, and um, so him being able to play in that right hand side and get forward uh, a small a bit quicker, or not even quicker, but get forward a small bit more, should I say, might increase uh, his ability as well. Because remember. What John McGinn bring, brings us on that right-hand side of the field, we can see it there. John McGinn is the white line, if you guys can see it, within this radar graph. And I know some of the lines are very faint, and that's done by design, just so that the green pops out, because that's the player that we're really discussing. But in this instance here, from a John McGinn point of view, the tackles we would lose, all right, they would go up the field. But the pressing that he, br- he will bring up the field will be super, super efficient for Aston Villa, and I think that's really good. Tielemans is a very good presser of the ball as well. Don't get me wrong. His high press is really good. It's really efficient. He can get around in short spaces. A lot of people call him slow. He's not He's not lightning quick. Um, a lot of people call him slow as well because they look at football manager and they see a big 10 beside his speed. Yuri Tielemans can get around the field quick enough to play in the Premier League. Absolutely no problem. There is no, there is no issue with Yuri Tielemans getting around the field. There, there, there just isn't. He might he might be drained after eighty minutes, and you might have to bring him off, and that's fine. That's where bringing a squad a squad to the to to the table is is quite paramount, and that's what Aston Villa will do this season. So Yuri Yuri Tielmans, when you watch him, if you look on YouTube, you're going to find uh, find a lot of videos about Yuri Tielmans, and they call him a regista. Okay, I'm not going to go down that road because, to be honest with you, it would be fraudulent of me to even try and explain what a regista is because I don't really know, and I don't really know. Do any of those roles, those Italian sounding roles, those Italian names, do they really fit into the English game anyway? Um, so 
they obviously exist, but I don't know if they fit into the English game anyway. But, but why why I'm saying that is that you know Tielemans can press. He can win that ball back. We see there he's got a higher recovery rate than any of the players on our team. He's got a he's got a a, a comparable interception rate than with, with the with the players that we have in our team. He's got a better dribble success rate, albeit he doesn't dribble an awful lot. Shot creating actions are better. Progressive passes are are markedly better than anybody else in the team. You know his passing percentage, yes, is a bit is a bit lower. I think that I genuinely believe over the last 365 days he was sloppy in his long passing playing because he was playing the more withdrawn role. You get him playing more short intermediate passes like Una Emery's teams do. I think you see that rocket up as well. When I say rocket up, I think it gets over 85% anyway, which is a pass mark for me. 80% is too low, uh, for is too low for me. But you know, we saw that a lot of our players couldn't pass the ball 10 feet to another one of our players prior to Naimri coming in. So who's to know if the if if this system doesn't doesn't bring out the best in, in your teammates? Because we know he can play football. He came in, he hit the ground running within this league. He two years ago he was an absolute you know, one of the best midfielders of his type within the league as well when Leicester were flying high and uh, getting into uh, you know in the top four or five positions as well one of the other things I really like from him uh, as well is look at his the amount of touches and the amount of pass attempts so when I when Bubakar Kamara came into this team one of the biggest uh, plus points he had was that he was labored with a lot of work at Marseille he was given work he was able to do it and he dealt with it admirably a lot of touches a lot of pass attempts if I remember rightly his pass attempts for Marseille were up in the high 80s which is very very good going specifically if you want the team to take over and keep possession when we look at the pass attempts that Uri uh, Tielemans has here at 62.3.3 um, over 90 minutes it is more than the players that we have uh, currently in the team now one little caveat here John McGinn's pass attempts are from about three months ago in this, so I would imagine his his pass attempts are higher. But with with, with that said, I don't think they're going to be at 62, uh, 0.32. So what I'm saying here is that Tielemans is used to getting a high workload. He's comfortable with a high workload. And if we start to have players across that midfield that are comfortable with a high workload, don't shirk the ball being played to them and don't need the ball to be played in, in, uh, in space, that's a huge positive for us, specifically when we play a narrow midfield. So if you've got somebody like Uri Tielemans within our narrow midfield, and, and and Leicester didn't play a narrow midfield, they played a 4-2-3-1, they needed their wingers to create that width and almost create that scoring track because their strikers weren't, weren't really on form, and they didn't really get much defensive... Um, well, I'm not going to say they didn't get much defensive defensively out of out of a uh, uh, James Madison, but it wasn't really his job to do the do the defensive work. Then you had Tielemans, you had Ndidi, you had Samaria, you had Jewsbury Hall, and you can see that when you start getting the product, the the um the progressive pass aspect, when your team is losing, you pull that away and you kind of go right. We're going to go wide a small a, bit, a small a bit quicker, and we're going to go uh, progressive through the middle. So Tielemans drops out of the team. And I think that that was just preservation mode. I think really for Leicester. So when when I um when if you look at this team and if we have four players who are comfortable with the ball at their feet and comfortable with a high workload within there, I think it is a massive plus point in that narrow midfield. Tielemans is very good in close in, in close situations with the ball, being able to shift the ball out of close situations, being able to move it, being able to play those little tricky triangles. I think we will still see those um within within this uh, this team. 
I do also think that Thielemans will be given license to turn and play that more um, progressive, that more lottery ball uh, forward because, um, you know, we're probably going to sign a winger. Maybe maybe we sign two. Maybe we sign another attacking midfielder and a winger. Um, and I think the quicker we can get the ball to these guys, the better Aston Villa will play. We've seen it last year when we attacked to a pace. We were really, really good. Unai found a way for us to get get um, to get to, to get space in around the middle of the field as well. So that we, when we attacked at a mediocre pace or or maybe not at, not at a high octane pace, we were still able to get get uh, get get some good uh, good good results out of it. And I think a lot of that was to do with Alex Moreno because he ran with his hair on fire. To be honest with you, every time you know we attacked, even if we were attacking slowly, all of a sudden you catch him at a glimpse out, out in his own out in that that left wing. And all of a sudden, the afterburners went on, and it was a case of roadrunner up up the up the sideline, which makes a big difference with defenders turning on their heels, create space in the middle. So, uh, when if you've got somebody who can spot that pass quicker, play that pass that pass forward, and play it accurately forward on the ground, or whether it be an intermediate level pass, I think that that's a real positive. And this guy does it. The stats don't lie. He's done it more. I think it's what you look at it there. It's over nearly half. Nearly, half the amount of times uh, extra than than anybody else in, uh, on the team for Aston Villa. So I think that's a massive, massive plus point. The fact that, that he's he's rarely possessed. He's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's comfortable with with, uh, with a workload more so than comfortable in possession. He's comfortable with being a workhorse and getting the ball in midfield in comparison to the other players we have. And he's able to progress that ball forward, create shot-creating actions while also not neglecting his his defensive abilities as well with regards to recoveries, having a, I suppose, a, a, a team average with regards to, to the in, interceptions and also with regards to his tackling. He's, he, he's, he's decent, you know, at tackling with the ball. He's not, he's not going to be a shirking pilot, um, I, I, I think, from that point of view. So all in all, yeah, I think that Yuri Tielemans, I can definitely see a role for him. I could see him starting day one. I could see McGinn being pushed for, further forward. Obviously, we're going to see a lot of names that we've fallen in love with this season that have been on the team, maybe played 30 games out of 38. We're going to see them rotated a bit more next season because the squad will be um, will be stronger. It just really will be. You know, We will have extra bodies in midfield whether it be extra attacking midfielders, whether it be a, um, a, a an extra winger, we'll, we'll, we should be seeing an extra striker in, if not two. Um, I'd imagine a centre-half will come in. And then, obviously, look, I had a funny feeling that, uh, your, that um, Ashley Young was not going to be signed and uh, we were going to be on the lookout for a right-back again. Um, and I did my right-back series. And as I say, if I was being handed the checkbook in the morning, I'd be ringing Girona and going, Arno, Arno Martinez, please come to Bur- uh, come to to Birmingham. And how much do you want for him, essentially? But uh, so there's going to be a bit of. I think there could be anywhere up to six players come into this uh, come into this squad over the course of this summer. Um, not to mention we probably will need a a backup goalkeeper as well. But I think six players will come up, come into the squad, and I think those uh, six players will make a marked difference to not only the squad depth. They make a marked difference to how we play. They make a marked difference to how we play in certain aspects and also to how we'll be able to in-game manage our tactics in-game as well so that we don't have to rely on um, uh, plan A as much uh, when things maybe are slow, like that first half in the Wolves game. We won't have to rely on, on plan A as much. We'll be able to change it up a small bit quicker and move on. And Yuri Thielemans is definitely a change of pace player from what we have at the moment with regards to his passing. 
there's something beeping here in my office. So I'm going to turn it. I'm, go, I'm going to finish up this podcast because I'm there, thereabouts. I want to say thank you very much to everybody for bearing with me while I uh, kind of been missing in action over the last few days. Going to be back um, at, at podcasting as much as I possibly can here. This is my favorite time of the year. So, um, yeah, as I said, thank you very much to 320 of you guys watching um, here tonight. If you like it, please give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe if you aren't already subscribed and tell your mates as well if you're in the pub um, to give us a like and, and a subscription as well. I'll be back again probably tomorrow with something else that I've been doing up. I've been talking about a bit for the ones of three or four months now. Um, but I'm going to be back tomorrow with uh, with, with another podcast, another little one to um to to kickstart things and keep things going. And but in the meantime, up the villa, brilliant stuff about your elements. This is the start to something. I think there's going to be a lot more, to, a lot more to happen this this transfer window, and we're going to be here with you every step of the way. So thanks very much everybody for watching. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, I'm going to head off now, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.